We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Look, I think the best phrase is simple. It ain't working. The Mark Reardon Show. All of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. Why are you guys bullying me? Mark Reardon. See, presidents can't do much. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, as we are now in the official post-holiday period where nobody wants to work and we have this shortened week and we're all back together again, though, which is rather unique given the fact that Fred was off all last week, Abby was off, and Sue and I were kind of holding down the fort to a certain extent. When I say to a certain extent, because we, you know, we played some (laughs) some other interviews and stuff like that. But boy, there is a lot going on right now. And I was actually kind of hoping to time the uh, the start of the show. As the show was starting here just a few minutes ago, there was a speech that looked rather impassioned on the floor of the United States House of Representatives by uh, Steve Scalise. So where we are right now, for people who are not paying attention to the news of the day, they're trying to vote on the next House Speaker, which uh, presumably might be Kevin McCarthy. But they're on the third ballot right now, and they haven't really moved a lot of votes. So, I, Sue, I don't know if you paid attention to this nope. today. It's just been kind of like Groundhog Day. And, Fred, what's your sense of where this is heading? And we have, you know, former Illinois Congressman Ronnie Davis, who um, will have something to say on this. Kilmeade's going to weigh in as well. But they, uh, the history here is what? Was it in the 1800s? It went to like 132 yeah, votes right. or yeah, something like that? Yeah, they don't like think it'll that? go that far. No. But I think I heard some analysts say, uh, you might want to start making some pizzas because it could be a long night. Well, and, you know, here's this was an interesting development today. Jim Jordan, whose name has been mentioned as a potential replacement. In fact, he got quite a few votes in the last ballot. I'm guessing he might get some this time, too. Here's what he said. We owe it to them, the American people, the good people of this great country, to step forward, to come together, get a speaker elected. I hope you'll vote for Kevin McCarthy, and that's why I'm proud to nominate him for Speaker of the House. Let me give you a little flavor here. Here's Chip Roy, who is a Republican from Texas, kind of on the uh, the outside of some of these things. To secure the border. That bill gets rammed through, and we know exactly how it gets rammed through, because the defense world and the non-defense world come together and say, you know what? We're going to cut a deal, and we'll all go to the mics, and we're all going to give speeches, and the American people are the big losers. That's what happens 
We know that's what happens. The Rules Committee sits up there and passes a bill, sends it to the floor, and we have no debate on the floor of this body. We haven't been able to offer an amendment on the floor of this body since May of 2016. The former leader and I have discussed this right here. That's true. But the fact is, this place has to change. It has to change. And the change comes by either adopting rules and procedures that will make us actually do our job, or it comes from leadership. And people ask me, what do you want? I want the tools or I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. We can't keep doing this. I'm going to sit here until we figure out how to stop spending money we don't have. I don't want any more empty promises. I don't want any more, oh, don't worry, trust us, we'll do it. I want to know that we're going to be able to exercise our rights as a member of this body to stand up for the American people and actually fix this country. And it's not going to happen when we use our men and women in uniform in defense and wrap ourselves around that and then spend more money that we don't have, weakening that defense, weakening our country in the process. But that's what we just did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am asking for us to come together and figure out how to solve these problems. And to do that, I'm going to do what I did my very first act as a member of Congress or as a congressman-elect and nominate Jim Jordan for speaker. Now, Jim has said he doesn't want that nomination, and Jim has been down here nominating Kevin, and I respect that. And again, I have no personal animus towards Kevin, and I've worked for the last two months to try to figure out how to get the rules to make this place better, and we've made progress. But we do not have the tools or the leadership yet to stop the swamp from rolling over the American people. Jim has been doing it. He has a track record of doing it. And for those reasons, I am nominating Jim Jordan from Ohio for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Okay, so, you know, they're giving, they're giving speeches. I'm not uh, totally up to speed on the procedure here. We'll have Congressman Davis, former Congressman Davis, do that here in a minute. Because, Fred, earlier, all they were doing was just casting votes. And then, you know, on the first ballot, they, they got through quite a few. And let's face it, Hakeem Jeffries was the president plurality winner. I mean, he right, can't he win a speaker. 209. Yeah, he had more than Kevin McCarthy. And then on the second ballot, a lot of people were watching Crazy Miller. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say that? Mary Miller from across the river. And uh, that's Roddy's old district. And she voted, even though she said on the second ballot that she might not, she did vote for Jim Jordan. So that's where all that is. And we're going to break it down here this afternoon. we got a lot of coverage coming up as well. But I have to start with, um, obviously, with what happened last night during the Sunday night football game, or I guess it was the Monday night football game. I'm losing track. Yeah, it was Monday of the holiday. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is still in critical condition. Look, I think those of us who are NFL fans, we're watching the game live. It's a huge game. There is a ton of implication for other teams, including the Kansas City Chiefs. You see this guy make a great tackle, and then he's he's okay for like a millisecond, and then he collapses, and he goes down. And you could tell right away from the reaction of Josh Allen, the Buffalo quarterback, and other players that this was not a good situation. It wasn't one of those deals where we've seen players um, with spinal cord injuries, you know, but they're still moving. They're still alert. They're not unconscious. They don't have CPR being performed on them for 19 minutes to try to revive them. 
and those are players that often, and I know this isn't always the case, they get carted off the field and they show a thumbs up to the fan when they're in the uh, to the fans when they're wheelchair. That did not happen no. last night. So then, you know, th- this becomes so controversial because everybody weighs in. You got social media. The NFL is getting hammered. Maybe in a certain way, the NFL deserves to be hammered for the way they handled just the immediate aftermath. But I don't really know because. How do you how do you and I know they have contingency plans, but how do you prepare for a moment like this? Now, I think um, I'm going to play some Bob Costas audio here because I think Bob Costas is absolutely right. There's a lot of people and I understand the emotion. I can't even I, I said this to a couple of people today. It's almost like when a police officer is shot and killed. You have the family members, the spouses of those officers. I'm certain the conversations that go on is, well, I don't want you to do this job anymore. I'm afraid. So, you know, that NFL wives Moms and dads, his mother was at that game, came down from the stands to find him and went in the... I did the, not realize yeah, that. She went in the, the ambulance. They let her go in the ambulance Good. to the hospital. But you know that these wives and kids are going to say, Daddy, you, you've made enough money. Don't, don't do this anymore because it's too dangerous. Now, <laughs> that I'm not going to argue that football is not dangerous. Football is very, very dangerous. But this is not that, all right? So what we have here is a guy who was hit very hard and the way that this is You've done health stories for for decades, right. uh, Fred. But the we don't know for sure, obviously. But there is a a theory that you know you get hit that with that much impact in your heart at the same time that there's a little bit of a charge coming from your heart. It's going to stop your heart, and and that's what happened. But here's where I agree with Costas because this isn't about safety in the NFL. I mean, if you want to stop all tackling and stuff like that, any contact sport, of course, brings with it the possibility of of injury. To say that this is unique to football or that this sort of thing is typical within football just isn't factual. Is it tragic? Is it concerning? Yes. Did they make the right decision by not going back out to play? Yes. But does this fall into the category of another piece of evidence about how, how dangerous and uniquely dangerous football is among team sports? I don't think so. I think he's right about that. Now, that that's not going to keep people from trying to make it that. And you have all this other controversy. Skip Bayless is on ESPN. And, Fred, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this? His, his earlier tweet? Yeah. So, and, and I'm going to minimize this just because uh, I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan. I don't like him at all. He's a big loudmouth on ESPN. But he tweets this. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. And this is last night in the aftermath at 9 o'clock, right? Um, maybe 8 o'clock Central. Uh, this late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Now, people jumped on him. Des Bryant, you know, NFL former NFL player, we need to cancel real Skip Payless ASAP. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, former NBA star, I hope you fire. I hope they fire you, bro. For even for you to even think of the game is very sad. Okay, wait a second here. You know, we're all thinking of the game, all right? Let, let me be honest right now. The, the most important thing is this guy, I thought I saw an NFL player die on the field last night. I text my friend Rick in Vegas. I said, did we just see this guy die? And, and I hope that that's not the case. He's in critical, but he's unstable. That's a good thing. We don't know how long he did not have oxygen to his brain, and he's not going to be the same probably in the aftermath of this. But uh, it, it would be dishonest of me and millions of other NFL fans to say they didn't think about the implications of this because this was one of the biggest games of the year and the number one seed in the AFC is on the line. Is that important right now? No, it is not because this guy almost died and he might die. But to to act like Skip Bayless and his comment, the last thing he said, which 
which suddenly seems so irrelevant, I think sort of wraps it up. But everyone's jumping on him. And then to make it worse, we're going to have T.J. Moe on the show, former Mizzou and NFL player. He contributes to Fearless with Jason Whitlock on Blaze TV. Jason put something out, you know, just a little while ago, and I I retweeted this, too, because I think he's right about it. You know, Skip Bayless gets all this trouble, and then he goes on and he, you know, says, I'm sorry, and he, you know, grovels today. And Jason said it's also phony, all of it, the outrage towards Skip and this reaction by Skip. It's all performance, sad and embarrassing. And I I think it is to a certain extent. So I I don't know where this is going to take us um, because there's so many different aspects. I mean, if you're really thinking through this, by the way, the NFL says the game is not going to be continued this week. So let me get people up to speed on that. that. Yeah, that's important. So what they said was week 18 schedule is not altered. This game is on hold, right? So that means, I don't know, because the the outcome of last night was going to, you know, was it home field advantage? Yeah, the number yeah. one seed, the bye in the AFC, because they is had up both for clinched, right? But it was a matter of the top. Okay. Those are both playoff teams, and then the Chiefs. Right now, the Chiefs technically are the number one seed, but that's because they didn't play this game. So, how do they figure that out moving forward? Okay, you can say that's not important. This guy's life is important. I get that, but this is a you know a league that that has billions of dollars on the line. And, you know, the season is the season. And, you know, if this guy didn't have CPR, he still had a heart attack, he's brought, then none of this is going to be discussed. So I think you have to kind of operate on several planes here because it is important that you, you know, you make sure that the health and safety of the player is number one. I can't imagine what the Bills are going through. Look, and this would be, and maybe it still will be, a different situation. If this young man passes away, then what? You have you know, a funeral, you you have even more sad moments than we've already had. I can't imagine how they would be affected by this. And this kid's a great story, too. You know, he 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 didn't think he was going to make it in the NFL, and he had contingency plans for that. Did you hear about the charity uh, No, I know he's from Pittsburgh. I know it's his second, uh, what, his sophomore season in the yeah, NFL. What, what's second, the charity? He's only, so he's only 24. Yeah, hang on here. He has um, a charity for, for giving money for gifts for kids aw, in less fortunate neighborhoods. And nice. I think he raised, or after he was injured, now they've well, got the about, goal was that let's start with the goal. Okay. Right. The goal, I think, was like $2,500 or something like that. Oh, and he didn't boy. have very much in the GoFundMe page. That GoFundMe now has more than $4 million. <gasps> it, had less, it had less than $3,000 in donations last night. It now has more. So you want to see the, the spirit cow. of giving and people oh. rallying. And if this guy hopefully pulls through and, you know, whether he plays football again is irrelevant. You know, he, he has to have his life and some semblance of life. But that's an amazing thing that's as well. You know Wonderful. what I thought of instantly when I saw it happen last night and I saw him go down? A couple of things. First, uh, I was amazed at how quiet it got. Yes, watching. I, I agree. Second, I thought the Monday Night Football announcers, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, did a good job. I agree. Just lighting the story you know, just sure they letting do. us see what was going on. And then I thought of Jay Bomeister from the Blues. Yeah, because this mm-hmm. something similar February happened February right? 2020. Yeah. He went down as he went off the ice, and they had to do CPR and, and take him out, and they canceled the hockey game. Right. So I, it just made me think of that as well. Yeah. Didn't didn't something happen similar to Pronger also back in the day? Hmm. 
I think he may have had something remember. like that. But look, we're, we're going to continue to cover that. So we got a lot going on here this afternoon as we're all back together post holidays. Hang in there. Kill me in the next hour. Cusamano's coming up as well. So we'll talk some sports and he'll have a reaction to the um, DeMar Hamlin situation. Doug High on the uh, speaker vote. Also, Sue, we're going to get back into the Southwest Airlines thing because that's not over yet. Michael Boyd, who's with Boyd Group International and former Congressman Rodney Davis with his take on the battle for House Speaker is coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. They're on the third ballot for Kevin McCarthy right now, and um, he's not going to make it this time either. Here he is before the votes this morning commenting on this whole situation. Are you going to stay in the race, Leader McCarthy? You're not yes. I'm not going anywhere. We did have an intense conference. There's times we're going to have to argue with our own members if they're looking at for only positions for themselves, not for the country. I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor. But the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. Well, it's a battle because they're on the third ballot, and who knows how long they'll go. But he um, he's defiant, obviously. Look, I, I have the record for the longest speech ever on the floor. I don't have a problem getting a record for the most votes for speaker, you too. Thank you all. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't see how a few people, maybe it's five, maybe it's 20, sit because they want a gavel that they can't earn by the conference of themselves, that would be interesting to me. That's not what the constituents voted him for. All right, let's um, have a chat here. He's in Washington right now. Former Congressman Rodney Davis, who has been through these processes before many times. How are you this afternoon? Happy New Year. 
Hey, happy new year to you too, Mark. How's everybody doing? I think we're doing okay. I need some help here with the uh, just the procedure as we get started. So they're on the third ballot right now, just giving you the running vote total. McCarthy with 69, Hakeem Jeffries 73. Hakeem Jeffries would only be elected speaker if five or more Republicans cross over. That's unlikely. But you still have 10 others right now. And I haven't been listening, Rodney, to all the specifics. I'm guessing most of those have been Jim Jordan. So th- this will continue, though, until whoever has the right amount of votes, right? And there doesn't seem to be anything that's going to break it, does there? It, it, it will continue. And, and as a matter of fact, there was one person, one colleague, who switched their vote. Uh, that was Byron Donald. So okay. uh, that one surprised me a little bit in this round. But it doesn't look like, um, as they're getting through the top of the alphabet right now through the third round, uh, that many are changing their minds. And, you know, this is, this is something that's different in the Republican conference right now. We have traditionally, over, the, over my time in Congress, have allowed a small, loud few to determine what the will of the conference is when it comes to some tough issues. And right now, the governing, my governing colleagues, the folks who want to see things get done in Washington, they're mad as hell because 85% of Republicans voted in our primary, in our conference primary, to support Kevin McCarthy. And these folks are saying no to the majority of the conference. And that's what's making them dig in more for Kevin McCarthy right now. But you also have people that aren't willing to. Well, look, even Jim Jordan went up there and I played the audio before. He's getting votes right now. He supported Kevin McCarthy. So, you know, the dynamics of all of this are, are very fascinating. I guess maybe the question would be, what's the end game here? Steve Scalise's name has been mentioned. You know, uh, Steve, very well. Unfortunately, you share what happened at the congressional baseball game practice with the um, the shooting incident together. But is that now a possibility? Because let's face it, Ronnie, for months, people have said, you and others, uh, Kevin McCarthy's going to be speaker. Kevin McCarthy's going to be speaker. Is Kevin McCarthy still going to be speaker? Why is it up to the 85% of Republicans who support Kevin McCarthy to make a deal? Why isn't it, why isn't the pressure being put on these 19 to 20 individuals that are hijacking the will of the Republican conference and hijacking the ability for Republicans to do what the American people want them to do by taking the majority of the House. They want Jamie Comer to be the chair of of oversight and government reform. They want Jim Jordan to be chair of judiciary. They want to haul in Biden administration officials and utilize our oversight responsibility against them. But none of that happens. Nothing happens until we have a speaker. And they're holding out right now. And by the way, Jim Jordan wants to be chair of judiciary. That's the gig he wants, right? That's exactly what is happening right now. But this game continues because they've never had to play chicken against the majority of the conference until now. And unfortunately, the American people are witnessing the craziness that I've witnessed behind the scenes for 10 years. Yeah, but isn't the majority of the conference sort of losing this battle right now? Can you argue that? But at, at, at some point, do you continue to overwhelmingly support Kevin McCarthy, which the majority want? Or do you give in to a small group that then is going to ask for more? And then also, who's the alternative? Well, that's Jordan's the problem. The yeah, you know, that I don't see I don't see who the alternative is is going to get enough votes. It's my understanding also, I don't know if you can give us any insight into the, you know, behind the, the door stuff, closed door stuff, but the, 
my understanding from some of the reporting today, Congressman, is that the um, the Freedom Caucus has moved the goalposts. That there were some concessions given by the uh, the minority leader, hopefully Speaker. But, yeah. but at this point, they're moving the goalposts and asking for more. Is that your understanding as well? Well, this isn't anything new, Mark. I mean, it's, it's happened all the time with some of my colleagues who are a part of this opposition. Uh, they don't know how to get to yes. I mean, look, I had a conversation about getting to yes on legislation with Marjorie Taylor Greene probably a year and a half ago. And I said the same words to her that she just said to Matt Gage and to others. Take the win. You've yeah. got the changes you wanted. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people in that 85% who are supporting Kevin McCarthy who are really pissed off that McCarthy gave in on a lot of rules changes. But it's typical. It's typical that they continue to move the goalposts. They did it on immigration reform. They did it on health care reform. They did it on so many issues that allowed us not to accomplish what the American people wanted. My message to Republicans, don't allow, don't allow this small group to stop Republicans from actually getting the majority. And at some point, if they're not going to negotiate, because there's really no room to negotiate anymore with them, they got pretty much everything they asked for, but it's still not enough. You know, why not negotiate with some Democrats? Don't talk about ratios on committees, committee appointments, et cetera. Space in and around the Capitol. Why wouldn't you? And, and as a matter of fact, when does the onus go to the Democrats? And when does the onus go to the people who aren't observing the will of the Republicans who are actually right. in but the Republican can, can you are, and this is where we get into the omnibus, because I don't think you can argue that the uh, the people who voted in the midterms wanted a 400, you know, 4,400 page spending bill that most lawmakers didn't even read. That's $1.7 trillion. And Chip Roy gave a pretty impassioned speech right as I was taking the air, because let me let me just speak on the issue. And I know you have answers for this. You and I spoke last week because I was confused about the way this went down. But as a fiscal conservative, you know, there's all these things that may define conservatives these days. But I've always been someone, and when I say always, since the 1980s, you know, that really thinks that reigning in spending is is something we should look at. Never happens. Doesn't matter who's in power. It never, ever happens. So you have a year now where we have inflating prices, rising interest rates. The American people are not being able to spend more money. And if they are, they're going into debt. And the House passes a bill that has crazy amounts of spending. Now, I understand that there are constitutional responsibilities involved in that particular bill, but you'd have to understand why some people are upset about this, don't you? Absolutely. But unlike the Biden American Rescue Plan, Unlike the multi-trillion dollar, uh, uh, multi-trillion dollar uh, infrastructure package, what we voted for in the omnibus was our annual spending plan. And frankly, uh, Kevin McCarthy made a political decision not to negotiate on the omnibus bill, and I think it was to appease some of these insurgents. But in the end, it didn't work. And in the end, it's going to if 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 the American people are watching this right now. Why wouldn't they want Congress to have an annual spending plan right now? And it could have been more Republican if Republicans in the House would have negotiated, but they decided not to. And unfortunately, more Democratic priorities got put in. That's our government. Do you want people who are going to stand up and bitch and moan and complain when I watch some of them vote for a $2 trillion CARES Act package at the beginning of a pandemic, and then now they're sanctimonious about spending? Come on. Get an annual spending plan. Understand there are things that we need to do, but if we don't address the mandatory side of our spending, the the omnibus bill only addresses 25% of all government spending called discretionary. We've got to do something about the mandatory side. And no one, if, 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 if folks 
who give impassioned speeches on the House floor don't bring that up and don't address that, then they're just they're, yeah. Well, they're I, just I'm with America. you, and I well, I think it's you know you have Senator Hawley that came out recently and said we don't need to talk about Social Security. I think you do need to talk about Social Security, especially because people aren't working, and you know the people who are going to start collecting Social Security, the money's going to run out. But help me with the process here. Let's say that I'm you know I, I'm you, okay which is frightening to think about, but let's, because I'm not even qualified to barely be on the radio. And I'm, I'm looking at this omnibus and I understand that there are responsibilities to make sure that the military's paid and, you know, the, the folks along the border and all that. But then I see $3 million in here to make highways more bee friendly or, um, you know, a big pay raise for the, the TSA. I get that that's a drop in the bucket when you talk about $1.7 trillion, but don't you have it within the negotiating power to say, look, some of this stuff we're just not going to go for it if you're at the table and republicans in the house decided not to be at the table i mean at at some point at some point we've got to come to the conclusion that we've got to have our annual spending bills now you can pull something out you can pull something out of an annual spending bill that someone may not like i mean someone may not like some of the projects that i got put in there for my district right but in the end compromise is how we actually govern in this country and you can do it in a more principled way if you have a seat at the table, or you can, or you can walk away and stand up and bitch about it, and then you know not deal with the root cause of our debt and our deficit. So, as I let you go here, I don't know if we we have an answer, but what's the end game? Where, where do you think this heads right now? I mean, it's just a mystery, right? There, there is no end game right now because okay. McCarthy's going to stay strong, the eighty-five percent are going to stay strong, and at some point, the Democrats. And the more moderate Republicans are probably going to come up with a deal. And how conservative is that? Well, we're going to find out. Former Congressman Ronnie Davis, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll talk soon. Let me, let me play a little audio from the day. He mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. Maybe surprising to some people. If, if my friends in the Freedom Caucus, Matt Gates, and others will not take the win when they have it, they're proving to the country that they don't care about doing the right thing for the for America. They're proving to the country that they're just destructionist. And that's that's not what we need to do as a party. That's that's why Republicans fail. And I, I'm really tired of it. Matt Gates. Those of us who will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. I'm a Florida man and I know of what I speak. We offered Kevin McCarthy terms last evening that he rejected. We sought a vote in the first quarter of the 118th Congress on term limits. He refused. We wanted a budget from the Republican Study Committee that balances on the floor in the first quarter. He refused. We wanted the border plan that the Texas delegation put together on the floor. He refused. And it is true that we struggle with trust with Mr. McCarthy. Because time and again, his viewpoints, his positions, they shift like sands underneath you. So the drama continues with McCarthy at 130, currently in the third vote, Jeffries 121, others 13. Let's focus on others. That means Kevin McCarthy will not get there on this third ballot. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, obviously, it's the biggest story today. 24-year-old Damar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills took a, a hit to the chest from T. Higgins from Cincinnati last night. It was, this is just like eight minutes into the game. Here's Michelle Tafoya on the hit. This is very clear. This was a routine hit that we saw. This was just a moment, like he described, where the velocity of the hit, the placement of the hit, whatever it was, it was a perfect storm, and it aligned to have this result. So, no, this is not an indictment of the NFL unless you want to take all the physicality of the NFL, and then the game is just over. DeMar Hamlin is still in critical but stable condition. Former Mizzou and NFL player T.J. Moe is with us this afternoon. What a just a terrible situation. I was watching live last night. I don't know about you. And, I mean, our first thoughts as fans is did we just watch a player die on the field, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I actually did not see it live. I was uh... – I was working and somebody called me. And so I, I went back and um, it was just a few minutes afterward when they were giving him CPR. Um, and, and when you see the hit, it it was nothing. He's been hit throughout. If he made it to the NFL at age 24, he's probably been playing football for 15 years. He's been hit harder than that hundreds, maybe a thousand times. It had nothing to do with the physicality of the hit. And that's why I've, I've been so disappointed listening to all these idiots on ESPN today. Stephen A. Smith, Dominic Foxworth, Ryan Clark, one guy after the next talking about how this, the NFL has to address these safety concerns. It's like, this is not an NFL problem. This is a, uh, this is a, unfortunately, yeah. It's a problem with this guy, and we need to figure that out. Did he have a pre-existing condition? People are tar- talking about. Um, I mean, there, there's several different factors, but when somebody just gets hit in the chest like that, he he basically absorbed a hit, rolled over, and popped up. It was nothing. Yeah. So this is not a football problem. No, I agree. And let me let me play because I and I don't always agree with Bob Costas, but here's what Costas said, and I think it's basically what you said there. Any contact sport, of course, brings with it the possibility of of injury. To say that this is unique to football or that this sort of thing is typical within football just isn't factual. Is it tragic? Is it concerning? Yes. Did they make the right decision by not going back out to play? Yes. All right. So, and I think that's what Bob's saying, and that's not going to stop people, TJ, from, you know, talk because they got to fill the time and they're going to talk about this. How did you think the NFL handled it? Because now there's controversy. There was first thing this morning about whether or not Joe Buck goes on saying, and you see both head coaches meet on the field. Are they talking about resuming play? There was, at least in the broadcast booth, and I think maybe even on the PA, told the fans that they may have a five-minute delay and then play was going to resume. The NFL says, no, that was never, ever something we thought about. Does that even matter any more now, or is it just more bad PR for the NFL? I, to, to me, this is just something for people to complain about. It's, it's, it really is frustrating. It's, you know, we, we went from a time – yesterday, my first thought was, because people were saying, are we going to cancel the game or aren't we? And everybody's got their reason for, yes, the game has to be canceled. There were not that many people arguing it for, uh, for it to go on and continue as though nothing happened. My reason, as a Christian, was if I am on that team 
then there's no way while my friend and teammate needs prayer and intercession, if you believe in the power of prayer, then I need to be praying right now. Don't ask me to go conquer cover two or figure out where the zone is in cover three while my buddy is hard stopped five minutes ago. I'm not going to do that. So you had to cancel the game, right? Um, the NFL had no idea what they were doing as far as they didn't know his health, right? Because if he would have just come right back and he seemed fine after that and they got some news, and they'd say, look, he's in, vitals are great, everything's good, you could have resumed the game. They were probably, they, if they gave the five-minute deal, they were just basically saying, hey, guys, do something because you're looking for news and just give us some time to figure this out. Right, what, I right. think, what I think – ESPN is who really screwed this up. And I get the NFL wasn't being super transparent, but ESPN, poor Joe Buck, they would bring it back to him. And then he'd say, all right, let's go back to Susie Culver. And Susie would, you know, be on the borderline of tears. And then Adam Schefter would say something that made no sense. And then Booger McFarlane would say, you know, why are you guys asking me for the fourth time? It's like they put all those guys in a terrible position. Troy Aikman didn't say a word during the broadcast as soon by the time I turned it on, he didn't speak. And so they just, they put everybody there in a horrible position instead of just saying, guys, this game's obviously not, we'll, you know, we'll come back if this game's going to happen. It's not happening. I can just tell you right now, we're going to go to alternate programming. We'll have a ticker at the bottom. We'll give you an update as soon as we well, can. Well, and you're, you're, been you're right about that because, look, and I've, I've been in situations many times where you have breaking news and then you have to fill the time. And if you don't have a lot of information, you don't know what to say. And then likely you're going to say something stupid. And I watched some of that last night. I had to turn it off just because it was so sad. And I, I didn't want to hear about someone passing away. And I'm so glad that he's still alive at this moment. But you're right. I mean, they were just fumbling all over one another. And, uh, uh, Troy probably made the best decision of them all. <laughs> Troy, Troy certainly did. And he got put in this, this spot later um, when they, you know, Scott Van Pelt had to do an hour of Sports Center after that. That's when he brought Ryan Clark on. And it's like they were trying to fill time. Everybody was. I get it. That, that became the top story on every network. I was on Fox News last night talking about it, and they had doctor after player after coach on just, just reacting to it. Because we, in in the mass media era have never seen anything like this there there is a player who died as the um lions back in 1971 had a heart attack on the field and died but there was only a minute or two left in the game they didn't announce him dead until you know almost an hour after the game or whatever so but in in the social media era in, in this area we've never seen anything like this and it's it's on camera. You have the visualization of what looks like the life leaving this guy's body. Yeah, I know. And so it, it reminded me. I mean, if you, you know, 1998, Chris Pronger, when he got hit with yes. the slap shot in the chest, he took the two strides and collapsed. And you're like, what just happened to that guy? It was similar to that. Pronger, obviously, eyes opened up, came to and was back on the ice four days later. I think that's obviously not going to be the case here. Well, and then you have the uh, the controversy, and, and I, I retweeted Jason this afternoon. Um, TJ works with uh, Jason Whitlock at The Blaze. That he, Skip Bayless comes out last night, and I don't think he said anything that was irresponsible, but everyone has to apparently say something. And then he has to apologize today for saying something that offends people, and Jason weighed in. It's all so phony, all of it, the outrage towards Skip and this reaction by Skip. It's all performance, sad and embarrassing. I think he kind of nailed it there, TJ. Absolutely correct. So this is the other Twitter's a cesspool. Anybody who's been on Twitter for more than five minutes knows it's a cesspool of anger and people always looking for somebody to destroy. It, it is it is probably the origination of cancel culture. And so what was cool is we had about ten minutes of people just saying prayers for him, 
right? That that's all it was. Nobody was fighting. Then it's like, who's our target? Who's the one person who said something borderline that we can destroy? And that's what everybody went after. I'll tell you something interesting, too. Not that I watched these guys, because I think they're one of the worst shows on television. But uh, on Undisputed, Shannon Sharp didn't show up today, which I found interesting. Because when it, he's not sick, there's nothing wrong with him. I think he didn't he either didn't want to deal with Skip's stuff today and the mess he made, and I don't know. But there's, there's something going on there. And if you paid any attention, we're kind of – on Fearless, we do some media criticism, and those two guys are at each other's throats a lot. Well, that has to be related. There's there's no doubt. I mean, look, I'm not even a Skip Bayless fan, but I didn't think that the tweet was really that big of a deal. And no, then, it then was he not. apologizes, and it was worse. Yes, exactly right. It's a, and then he has to pretend to cry. Yes. It's like, look, dude, yes. pick your balls off the floor and just tell people, here's what I actually meant. So the question that then comes to mind as a fan of the NFL, and one of the things I said earlier is, look, fans were talking about this last night. They were talking about it this morning, not only about DeMar and his health, certainly that's the priority, but there are huge implications. Now the league says this game is still not going to take place. Week 18 is going to just move forward. But uh, do they end up trying to play this game? Nah, they're going to call it a tie and just be done with it. They're going to say, once, once every fifty years, somebody dies in the field, and when that happens, we'll call it a tie. I think you almost you know? have to, but then obviously there's going to be playoff implications, which, in the moment, not very important, but obviously that's a reality. Yes, that's exactly right. And it's just you know, again, you tell people, hey, I- I'm sorry you didn't make the playoffs this year. Somebody died on the field, and we couldn't go ahead. And it's just this happens once every fifty years. Once, once year, you know, twenty seventy comes up, then we'll deal with it again. Well, right, because it is so rare, and it likely won't even happen again in our lifetimes. Uh, TJ Mo, I appreciate you coming on here this afternoon. It's just a weird, weird, sad situation in in the middle of an NFL season that I think has been spectacular. And that game last night would have been, you know, amazing to watch. Um, but the reality of life sinks in every once in a while, and that's what happened here. Mm, it is, and and we've had a couple weird ones this year. The two at Tagovailoa, interestingly was on that same field in Cincinnati, taken to the same hospital when he had his concussion from the sack, you know, at four days after a, a concussion prior to that, where that was scary. The NFL, the, the NFL's biggest problem is, is PR. Every time somebody gets hurt, people act like it's the first time anybody's ever gotten hurt and that the NFL is supposed to be a safe sport. It's not supposed to be a safe sport. It is a gladiator sport. People get hurt, things happen, and you live with it. The NFL, uh, as far as professions go, the NFL is not one of the more dangerous professions. Roofers have a more dangerous profession. Coal miners, loggers, people cut down trees. All of these people go in every day and die. Their fatality rate is substantially higher per capita than NFL players. So we should stop acting like every time there's an accident, that this is the most dangerous thing in the world and we've got to figure this out. Well stated, T.J. Moe. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. You too, Mark. Thanks, man. You know who's been uh, very quiet here is uh, Roger Goodell, unless he issued a statement today. I mean, obviously the NFL has spoken, but Roger himself I don't think has said anything. So he sent out Troy Vincent, who had denied all this talk about whether or not they were going to not cancel the game because that's where some of the controversy was. We saw the coaches... um and players, um, and frankly, the those that were tuned into the game, all uh, traumatized. Um, uh, myself, uh, personally, uh, just thinking through uh, what is actually happening, what is taking place real time. 
this was a, an occurrence that we just haven't seen in our time. Yeah, and, and I hope we never see it again. We've seen some really ugly hits and some broken bones and things like that. It wasn't even just, an ugly hit. It, that's the thing. It was so, you know, when it happened, I was in the room. I saw the play happen. Me too. And I think I walked out of the room and I came back and they were showing the uh, the replay. And I asked my wife, I'm like, well, what just happened? And she said, well, he just collapsed. So I had to rewind and then... I saw the same thing I saw the first time. I'm like, it didn't seem like anything was out of the ordinary. But we'll continue to obviously keep on top of that story. My thanks to TJ for coming on here this afternoon and speaking the truth. Brian Kilmeade, I'm certain, will have some things to say about this in the next hour. He's going to join us live at 425 after Sue's News. We have Kusumano, who will have some opinions as well. And then uh, back to the speaker's vote. McCarthy is going to lose this third round right now. Um, looks like Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, will have the plurality again. They're on the third ballot. If you're not caught up with this, it's been a little bit of a blank show in the United States House today. And Kevin McCarthy is still not securing enough votes to be the speaker. Doug High, 97.1 political insider, former RNC spokesman, will be with us. And then I, I still am very curious. Uh, Sue, I just noticed this that just had come in while I was speaking with TJ, that Southwest Airlines has decided to give um, customers who were affected by everything that happened last week 25,000 frequent flyer flights. So that's ah. that's kind of like a one, that's a little bit more than a one-way trip. I don't know if you could do it. It's a, a little bit more. If you do the cheapy flights, you could probably do round trip. Right. So is that enough? Well, Boy. you know what? <laughs> They're in a spot that's like money without having to cut a billion checks, which they're probably unable to do. Yeah. Um, CEO Bob Jordan said, I know that no amount of apologies can undo your experience. He calls the 25,000 rapid rewards points a gesture of goodwill. The uh, families and other groups traveling together will receive 25,000 points per person. So there you go. Uh, interesting. It Keep is updated on that as well. Sue's News is coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.